everybody. Welcome to uh, episode four of From Our Hell Mouths to Your Hell Ears. I am John, one of your hosts. And I'm Mariah, your other host. We uh, watched and are about to review the episode called Teacher's Pet. And I gotta be honest, everybody. Uh, I don't think it was a very good episode. I agree. You know, I feel like I kind of got set up for um, failure because last time we thought, oh, this wasn't a good episode. And then we enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, I don't remember this one being a good episode. And I was correct. <laughs> Absolutely correct. It, I, we even stopped like a quarter of the way through, maybe almost <laughs> half. And I looked at you and I said, is this boring? <laughs> like, yes. I was, I remember taking vigorous notes throughout the first 20 <laughs> minutes and I just stopped because I didn't care about anything. Well, yeah, I looked over at you and I was like, well, well, but you have all those notes and you were like, yeah, about like what they've done, but there's absolutely no commentary on <laughs> what they've done. And then they walked down the hall. Yeah, it was a lot of like, they did this and this and this, but I had no care. I They've done a lot. I just don't have anything to say about any of it. Yeah, there wasn't like a lesson learned. It was like, uh, don't be seduced by your teacher. She <laughs> might be a praying mantis in disguise. Like what? I don't know. I, I think <laughs> like the only issue that they were dealing with was like a teenage boy having a crush on his teacher. Yeah. And like her taking advantage of that which <clears throat> I guess the commentary about it would be different these days back then it was just like funny mm. like a boy being seduced by his teacher is like something you can make jokes about right but like switch those roles and it's like an older male teacher preying on a young girl and it's like that's the creepy part he doesn't have to be a praying mantis right like, it's just that he's an older male preying on a, a young girl. Like, that's enough to make it a creepy episode. And there doesn't need to be anything supernatural about it. Oh, well, you know, now that you mention it, prey on a student, praying mantis. Okay, maybe maybe that was the one thoughtful piece that went into this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I feel bad because, you know, I feel like we should all be allowed an episode or two that just doesn't quite hit it. I have a feeling there's going to be a few of them because it took. I I think I remember it taking a while for Buffy to really get going and get its feet under it. Yeah, I think there are going to be a few season one, probably some season two episodes that are just dogs, <laughs> and we don't have much to say about. Yeah, true story. Well, I don't need to draw it out. Is there anything in that long list of first then <clears throat> notes that you wrote out? Um. Well, oh, this, it's actually disappointing because the episode does start out great. How so? We start out with Xander's dream where Buffy's fighting a vampire, but she's losing and he steps in like, ma'am, is this guy bothering you kind of a thing? Uh-huh. And beats up the vampire and kills him and then gets on stage and... Plays that wicked guitar solo. Yeah, that was amazing. Like, that's... Uh, I've probably had that dream before. 
Really? <laughs> I thought that was so exaggerated. No, especially in high school when you're 16. Right. Like, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to get the girl and I can play guitar. That's amazing. I was going to comment on Buffy's attire <laughs> during the initial mm -hmm. uh, fight scene. Like, wow, she's in some kind of like skimpy little red dress. But then the more I think about it, I'm like, it's not that different than her regular slaying attire. Ooh. Like, she's always in something, like, not appropriate for fighting. I suppose. Well, I mean, athletically inappropriate, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I guess the, <laughs> the red, I felt like it struck a balance between kind of prostitute-esque and damsel in distress like princess damsel in distress and I don't know how that how that balance was hit but there was definitely something and then it was yeah Sarah Michelle Geller doing her oh please help me act which just cracks me up I wonder if she means for it to be that bad maybe she does maybe it's intentional my I think because it's like a cheesy dream right I well, think it's supposed to be everyone has bad acting like even Xander it's just like cheesy knight in shining armor. Here, let me help you up. And then <clears throat> you think the vampire's dead, but he gets back up and he throws the stake from across the room and gets him right in the heart. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Right. So I think the whole thing is meant to be like campy. Well, sure. But I mean, like, I've, I guess I've referenced that she's come off that way at times when it's not supposed to be campy, but. I think it might be intentional as well then. Like she's trying to be campy at these other times too. And I'm not giving her credit for it, but. I'm going to keep an eye on your Sarah Michelle Gellery. <laughs> okay. What do they do next? Oh, so he wakes up. He's, it's a daydream. He's in class mm. and he's, they're in science class learning about bugs. What did you think about this teacher? Of Buffy's the science teacher and just that he's a kind kind man he you know starts out as authoritative and then uses that authority to her benefit you know I see you're bright I'm gonna push you as hard as you ought to be pushed so I liked that a lot you ever had a teacher like that in real life <sighs> no I wish I had I don't you? think I did either <laughs> I no. mean it's kind of ballsy too to call someone out and be like hey I mean, at least he did it after class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had never, no teacher was like, you're bright and I'm going to push you and be hard on you. They're just mm -hmm. usually like, just do your homework and get a C. Come on, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I did have a mentor in high school and he did do that, but it was nicely. But yeah. Um, okay. So Buffy's feeling good about school. Finally, it's like the first time ever. Well, it's the first time since she's been slaying that school has been a positive thing for her. Mm -hmm. uh, they go to the bronze, and there's that guy in the emo silver shirt singing that song. Amazing attire. Yep. Yeah. Did Buffy ever have any, like, soundtracks where they released all these songs with these <laughs> bands on, like, a Buffy Palooza? I wonder. Yeah, because they brought in, like, local talent, and usually there were small bands, and yeah, like that the... evolved over time. I think it'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure on, like, Spotify, someone has made a playlist that's all Buffy songs. <laughs> it's got to exist. 
Okay. There's the, we get introduced to Blaine, the like jock dude who's bragging <laughs> about his sexual exploits. Right. Which no one actually does that. That's not a real thing where you're just sitting around chatting and the guy's like, yeah, I slept with seven girls, like randomly, like no one asks. We're not even talking about it. Which is so interesting because it's so prevalent. Like you see it everywhere. Like in TV shows and other movies, guys sitting around being like, yeah, how was it for you? Well, <laughs> is it same too, like details of night before or is that not ever done either? I guess there is some of that. It's probably more prevalent. Prevalent? Mm-hmm. I like to say prevalent. <laughs> prevalent, exactly. <clears throat> it's probably more prevalent than I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but Xander shows his insecurity again. Mm-hmm. It's and that's a a guy thing, a teenage guy. You never want to admit that you're a virgin when you are. It's, I mean, as an adult now, I'm like it's so stupid, but it seems it seems important at the time for some reason. Yeah, well, it's interesting, too, that I don't know. I assume that either my friends would know based on the people I hang out with. Like, oh, all of a sudden, I don't know. Like, my friends would know or not know. I wouldn't be able to lie. But then if they didn't know, then why not just lie, you know? You can always tell who the real virgin is because their lies are an exaggeration. When they're retelling the story? Like... The guy's talking about how Blaine has been talking about... His name is Blaine Mall. Mall. Where did he get the last name Mall? His family owns the mall. (laughs) His family invented malls. That's why they got the name. It's a shopping mall. Um, Okay. So, like, Blaine's talking about his uh, exploits. And then they ask, so Xander, have you ever gotten any? And he's like... You mean today or this week? <laughs> like something like that's what a virgin would say. It's not like something plausible ever. Yeah, yeah, no, that that totally makes sense. Hilarious. Um, Angel shows up during the bronze. Oh, oh my gosh! Like, I wonder how many times they redid the shot. Going, no, no. Look even more ridiculous. Stand there longer. <laughs> Stand there until it gets uncomfortable. Right? We'll see how long we can possibly draw this out before it's just ridiculous. I will. They made a, a, a good wardrobe choice for him in this one. They changed him into the leather jacket. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Okay, so Buffy goes over there and she's like talking to him and. He tells her about the fork guy, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, you look cold. And gives her his jacket. What if he was still wearing that, like, velour smoking jacket? I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> he tried to give her that. Like, that would not have been nearly as romantic or sexy or any of the above. Yeah, I don't think she would have appreciated it as much. No. She, like, ends up keeping that jacket, right? Yeah, it's he like, says, it looks better on you. I think the velour thing would have looked better on her, too. Yeah. She might have realized, yep, but he didn't anyway. Okay, so, uh, yeah, he takes off his jacket and reveals a big old slash on his arm. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that was accidental. Let me give you my coat. Oh, oops. She did not look cold. He just wanted to show off his big cut and have her ask him about it. Oh, look at Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. Mm boo-boo. So, yeah, he's like, 
oh, oh, this, this old thing? It's from a vampire that disappointed the master, so he cut off his own hand and then put a knife on it. It's like such a... The fort guy's not scary. You ever think? Did you ever think he was scary throughout the entire episode? No, he was random is the only thing that came to mind. Just random. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. He's yeah. not effective. No. He's not dangerous. Well, but... Angel acts like he is. He's like, watch out. He's coming. He's slick. And I'm like, dude, if this guy poses a threat, then what? I don't get it. And it turns out like they didn't follow through on that because he didn't pose a threat. Buffy, like, when she first sees him, he's in his little, like, bush clubhouse that she starts taking apart. Mm-hmm. And he, like, jumps out of the bush cave thing <laughs> that he was in. And, and they're fighting, and she's, I think she just, she has the upper hand. She's about to kill him. And then the police show up. Yeah. They're like, hey, what are you guys doing down there? And they both run away. So, like, she was probably going to kill him immediately. Right. Showing he has no danger. And then when she's, like, pissed off we gotta find Forkman to find where xander is because he can track where he's scared of of that lady right mm-hmm. and she just like goes in there and basically like a school teacher and a child grabs him by the ear mm-hmm. and like drags him around town like where are we going yeah like he's not effective at all i can't it makes me think Angel sucks at fighting. Oh, well, he totally does. And, like, is he just finding any excuse to be like, oh, you, you see this scratch I got? It's There's another bad guy in town. I just wanted to tell you. It's like when you leave someone something at someone's house, like, so you have a reason to go back. Yeah, I, I bet the, the fort guy, Angel probably would have just beaten him up, but he's like, oh, I got to tell Buffy about this. Like, <laughs> let himself get scratched and then, like, walked away. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I bet he goes home and journals about stuff too. Dear Diary. He has like a journal from like 200 years of experience. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> the hell else happens? Okay. Uh, then we go to... The teacher has been killed by now. They're talking about how he's missing at school. Then the hot substitute, Miss French, comes up, and Xander's all tongue-tied. Mm-hmm. Um, Blaine makes fun of Xander again. Mm, they're in the classroom. Miss French is... Is it Miss or Mrs. French? It's Miss French, right? I, yeah. She's what, not married. I think so. <clears throat> um, she knows a lot about bugs. All the boys want to help her, like... After school, paper mache, something, something, rather. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think this is about the point where I'm like, I'm just kind of watching it. Okay. Oh, and then in the, we get to learn a little bit more about Cordelia. She walks into the into the kitchen of the cafeteria at school for her medically prescribed lunch. Oh my gosh! Right. I wonder what that is. Like yeah. Is it, like, dietary, or does she have all these, like, oh, I'm, uh... Yeah, because there weren't, like, special diets, as far as I remember, weren't, like, a thing. Like, gluten-free or vegan was even, like, way out there back in 1997. My guess isn't that there's any special diet at all. It's that she gets to pick 
what she eats on that day. And her dad pays the school a lot of money to call it a dietary need. Like she's like, today I want to have fish and chips with a side of asparagus and two truffles. And daddy, can you say that it's for my dietary needs? I don't think she would ever eat fish and chips. I know, right? I couldn't think of anything <laughs> off the bat. That's what she I came up with. She has quinoa and like a cucumber <laughs> or something. That's what she's eating. Yeah, you're right. She was 2020 way back in 1997. Mm-hmm. Ahead of her time. Okay. Um, oh, and then she opens where her lunch is supposed to be. And there's a headless teacher in there. I forget his name. Mr. Something. Mr. Something. Cordelia ever get to eat lunch that day? I think that her specialty food probably smelled funny. It was probably in a Tupperware. I don't oh, think the smell would have oh, gotten yeah. in there. Well, I guess it would depend on how many calories she still needed for the day. No, wait. Because hmm. she goes to the counselor later. Remember mm-hmm. Principal Flutie? Mm-hmm. Is telling Buffy she needs to go to the counselor. Yeah. And she's waiting outside and Cordelia's in there. Mm-hmm. She's like, I couldn't eat for the rest of the day. I think I lost seven and a half ounces. Uh, and she says something about, like, not that we should go killing a teacher every day for my figure, but you got to look at the silver lining. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's I... bad Cordelia. Right. There's always going to be good Cordelia or bad Cordelia. I'm either 100% on her side or like, shut up Cordelia. Well, you know, it makes me think back to, to one of the initial episodes or the initial one where Giles is saying, you know, people have to do what they have to do to cope with it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's Cordelia's way of coping. I mean, she saw a flipping dead, decapitated body. So are you really going to go into counseling to get over that? Or do you just pretend that it inconvenienced your calorie count for the day? Or actually helped, benefited your calorie count for the day? <clears throat> yeah. I don't think public schools have the kind of counselors you need to get over seeing a decapitated body no. in your cafeteria. No, but again, like, if they're on the Hellmouth and this is a regular occurrence, then it's not... It's not anything new. Right. It's like, what, isn't every town like this? You know, every once in a while. You think uh, you think your town is how the whole world works. Yeah, but this time around, I don't know if it's because I'm an adult, but when I see those things that usually I, I don't know, I just took as drama... I'm like, oh my gosh, if I actually saw a decapitated person in a freezer, I would flip it. Whereas, you know, when I was young, I was like, oh yeah, that'd be weird. Why are you screaming so much? <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, okay, so there's this park that Fort Guy has been seen at and Buffy goes patrolling there. Mm-hmm. And we see a bunch of homeless people. Yeah. We've never seen homeless people in Sunnydale before. And I don't think we ever see any again. Is it like this one park where all the Sunnydale homeless people hang out? I don't know. I never really tuned into it. You know, it's just weird. Like these random guys. Little girl, you don't want to be here at night. Oh, yeah. You know, just because <clears throat> that's a, a sign of peril is when you're in a neighborhood where people don't have permanent domiciles. All homeless people are dangerous. They are very dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's why they're homeless, because they're violent. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, this, this is boring. I'm sorry if this is boring. The episode's boring. We're trying our best. 
And it's okay. We don't need to draw out boring too. We can have a shorter episode. No, we can take the people their money's worth. Take up space. Then they'll never want to listen. The dozens and dozens of people who listen to this. Okay, so I guess this this is. I'm gonna say important with quotes. This scene is important for the, because it's the scene where Buffy fights Fort Guy and the police break it up and then they go their separate ways. But Buffy's still chasing Fort Guy and he sees. Miss French, mm-hmm. and is like, hisses at her, and he's afraid of her, and he runs away. Mm-hmm. So that's when Buffy sees that Miss French is not good, but doesn't know why. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to have Mariah talk for a little bit, because our cat is meowing and wants outside and interrupting everything. <laughs> so Mariah's going to talk about... Well, I can just... Anything she wants to talk about. (laughs) I was just going to comment really quickly on the fact that Miss French is the name of the teacher. And um, I don't know if they were trying to slight France at all. I just thought that that was kind of rude. The seductress from France. No, I'm really just rambling. I have nothing to talk about right now. (laughs) Thank you for letting the cat out. Of course. Just a day in the life, folks. Mm-hmm. It's always the worst timing. <laughs> right when you lay down. Um, okay. Xander's gonna help Miss French. Yes, with the egg project. Yeah, they're paper macheing some bug eggs. Um, so Xander goes into the classroom. They're by themselves. Xander reveals that his middle name is Lavelle. That's amazing. Alexander Lavelle Harris. It does kind of have a nice noble ring to <clears> it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and Miss French is like, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the stuff at home. Could you come to my house later? And Xander, you know, is all. Oh, and they cut to his dream guitar solo. <laughs> Got to bring that back a little musician yeah, fantasy. So Xander's psyched. Um, and Miss, uh, what's her face? Miss French is making herself a sandwich. And she made a cricket sandwich. Yummy. And her Tupperware is labeled food. <laughs> so you know that that is food for her and not just random <laughs> bugs she's been. She's, she has, she's meal prepped all week. <laughs> There are different bugs in different Tupperware. She has to lay... Does she have... She has a Tupperware that says poop on it. Does she have... (laughs) You don't want to confuse the These are my food bugs. Yes. And then these are my non-food bugs. Well, even just everything has a Tupperware. Like, what else? Like, um... This is food, like, all my silverware. Yeah, that's not funny. I'm trying to think of something else. <laughs> I mean, silverware could go in a Tupperware, and it like, would be comical. All her clothes. <laughs> the clothes, Tupperware. Dress. <laughs> shoes. A Tupperware for her keys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just likes it. I, I know people. I used to work with people who just love label makers, and they love labeling things. Well, I like my office, and but I, I'm not... There's a limit, you know? You don't label Tupperware's... Food. I mean, I would have been like spaghetti, eleven eighteen. Right. Smell check. <laughs> Smell it on this date. Yeah. That's 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 fair. But you got to be specific with which food is in there. Just 
Is that all she eats? It's she just... eats bread, apparently. Not just crickets. Right. Anyway. One type of food. But yeah, I don't actually label my food that way, by the way. Mm. Um, Xander is all like... Buffy's trying to warn Xander about Miss French. And he's like, you know, throwing it in her face. Mm-hmm. I like you, but you don't like me. So now I got another woman and you're just jealous now. Right. Such a lame thing to say. Mm-hmm. But then, when he is being seduced by Miss French, and she's, like, touching his leg or whatever, he does have a flash of Buffy, and he kind of, like, kicks him into gear. He's like, oh, Buffy, I can't, I can't do this. I love Buffy. What do you think about that? No, it's kind of sweet. Yeah. I can't figure him out. He's, I don't know, adolescent boys. I just don't get them. So I'm looking to you for a lot of the Xander analysis. But yeah, it is, it is sweet. I think if he wasn't drugged, he still would have gone through with it and then felt bad about it later. Yeah. That's the adolescent boy mind. Okay. It's right here. I've never done it before. I'm going to do it and then feel bad about it later. That makes sense. Ask, Ask for, for forgiveness, <laughs> not forgiveness, permission. Forgiveness, not permission. That's I love the... it. Here's... Also, another thing I was thinking. Hmm. <clears throat> they haven't established anything about Xander and Willow's parents yet. Right. If I was a sophomore in high school and told my mom at 7 o'clock at night, I'm going to my teacher's house for an after-school project by myself. It's just going to be us two. She would be like, no, you're not. Right. Or I'm coming with you. (laughs) I wouldn't just be able to go to a teacher's house by myself when I was 16 years old. Yeah. My mom would be like, that's not happening. What the hell? What kind of weird (laughs) shit is happening here? (laughs) Out of the blue. Yeah, that would be. That would be bizarre. It's weird to, like, think of these things actually happening, but yeah. <laughs> you take yourself out of context, but... Um, let's see. So Xander's drugged. Mm-hmm. He shoots at Martini like a pro. Yeah, he does. He, like, doesn't make a face or anything. Right. I would have been, like, th- gagging it back up. It was my... I don't... We don't know if, how... if Xander drinks or not, or if he has... I'm assuming he has, because, like, all teenagers have. I don't know if he's cool enough to have ever gained access to alcohol. So that was his first introduction to alcohol was a martini. Like, gin is gross. Well, I think that it also displays the uh, virgin, um, like, behavioral problems. Like, he's never been exposed to alcohol, so clearly you would sip it. He doesn't know. He thinks it's, like, a shot. So he shoots it, right? Because he's socially awkward. (laughs) So maybe that's why he does it. I don't know. Maybe he watches a lot of westerns. <laughs> all they do is shoot alcohol there. Right. Well, and I wondered, too, if the drink is poisoned, then what happens if they don't drink the martini? Does she just, like, hit him over the head with one of her big fins or something? One of her serrated arms? Her serrated arms. Is... <clears throat> maybe. She seems stronger. But then when you get... Okay. Well, go ahead. There's more of this episode that I don't like. 
she's supposed to be super dangerous. She's going to kill all these virgins and bite their head off. It takes her forever to do anything. Yeah. Like, Xander's in the cage. She's eeny, meeny, miny, mowing them. <laughs> she picks one out. All the while, Buffy has time to go to the wrong lady's house. Mm-hmm. Then come up with a plan to go get Fork Guy. Take him all over. How many blocks did they search? And then break in the house, and she's just now getting down to business with Xander. She's the slowest moving thing ever. Right. Well, wait, how fast do Crane Mantises move? He's right in front of her. It doesn't, like, they weren't, like, ma- like I, could, I could see it if, like, he, she started mating with him. And he has, like, performance anxiety or something. <laughs> so then oh. she has to turn back into Miss French, get him prepared, then turn back into the praying mantis. I could see, like, if that was laid out, but <laughs> as far as we know, she didn't even get to mate with him. He oh didn't, my gosh. Like, didn't that sound terrifying too, though? Yeah. Like, and then, you stick it in her bug hole? I, do, I don't even want to think about the specifics. Because I know she laid the eggs, right? Right. Thinking about what? Just the whole process of being intimate and then knowing that your head is going to be ripped off. I think I'd be too nervous to, to finish. I don't even know if, yeah, that's... Or if you have a choice. Yeah. Just get sucked out of you. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to think about it. It sounds horrible. So either you go first and die first, or you watch it being done and then you die. I think I'd rather go first. I'm always a go first person. Yeah, but your last instinct is to kill yourself. So no matter how much you would want to go first, you would choose to go second. I suppose that's true. Which is even worse. But yeah, I mean... Like, for, like, presentations in class, mm-hmm. when I always wanted to go first. Mm-hmm. Just get it over with. But I was never dying in those situations. Maybe it felt like dying because <laughs> you're nervous getting in front of your peers. Yeah. I don't know. I always wanted to go first as well. Seems the easiest. Now, okay, I just want to point out, we said that there was nothing to talk about in this episode, and we're 30 minutes in, so... We're- we, Clearly we created stuff. We've thought of some things. We can't really talk about the actual story. We have to talk about the make stuff up. I think we're okay. talking about valid stuff. Sure. Okay. One of my favorite. This part almost redeemed the entire episode. Hmm. Buffy solves this problem by doing her homework. Oh, and yeah. And figuring out that. Praying mantises react badly to bat sonar. <laughs> so Giles goes into the video library mm-hmm. and records sound of bats to play on a radio that they're going to... Like, what's that movie where the dude stands outside the window with the radio? Oh, say anything. Say anything. Say anything. I like. I wanted them to do that. Giles <laughs> is standing out Miss French's window with the radio above his head, blasting bat noises. That'd be amazing. But before, when they actually get to the mission, before he can actually, he presses play, and the tape is in backwards, and it's amazing. And it's just Giles, like, narrating how to be a librarian. (laughs) My question is, who is that tape for? (laughs) He keeps it in the archives in case, like, something happens to, it's like his will. It's like, if anything should happen to me, this is how to take my place. 
but like not as a watcher. No, as, as a, a librarian. Actual librarian. He takes it seriously. Do you think he has like a stack of tapes where he's just going through everything that he knows about being a librarian? It's like a six tape series. That'd be amazing. For the next person. He keeps it in a lockbox. Keeps adding to it as his knowledge base grows. Okay, so Miss French is... Um, bothered by the bat noises and Buffy takes a badass looking machete and just starts slicing and dicing. Right, and once again, Xander is exposed to near death. <laughs> um, graphic detail given about his near death and watches one of his new friends, which he thinks he has a crush on her, might love her, totally dismember a giant praying mantis like that was his teacher a half hour ago. How is this not insanely traumatic? <laughs> and worst of all, she just found out he's a virgin. Oh gosh, that's just the cherry on the flippin' Sunday. Yeah, you're right. It is very traumatic. None of these kids ever go see any kind of therapist. Mm -mm. They've seen death and decapitations and their lives have been in danger. They will be in danger how many times throughout the series? Mm -hmm. Just I guess it shows the human spirit. Anything can become normalized for you. Well, and it's how it's filmed too, right? I guess it does show its campy side, so... And I think it's good, right? Because it can't be that heavy. Otherwise, it'd be like intense X-Files, right? But with teenagers? Because, you know, you could go there. You could make it really dark. And they keep it light. And they throw in jokes. And so I like that. It's just interesting this time around to see that darkness to it. So it's almost like you can take it to that level if you want to as an adult. But you don't have to. Just like watching kids' movies now as an adult and I'm like whoa there are a lot of different layers there <laughs> right you act you see some accidentally inappropriate things in children's movies oh are they accidentally inappropriate <clears throat> I think that they're hidden in there so the parents get a little bit of entertainment throughout the boring movie mm -hmm. that's the way I've always understood it but yeah these shows can't be too realistic mm -mm. they just can't people would be ruined already mm -hmm. four episodes in how many dead bodies have they seen Whew. their friend got turned into a vampire mm. and killed right in front of xander right he like he kind of did it <clears throat> got over that one quickly yeah i don't know if they were good friends in reality okay Here's a thing I wrote down. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny or just interesting to think about society in general. Mm. Like boys don't want to admit they're virgins. They're supposed to be promiscuous and like, yeah, I got laid all the time. And girls are supposed to like be pure and save themselves. So like if teenage boys are supposed to have sex and teenage girls are supposed to save themselves, who are these boys supposed to be having sex with? The age-old question. Miss French. <gasps> There's a reason. There's a reason why it's not as taboo for a male student to be having sex with his female teacher. 
Because the t- teenage girls are supposed to stay pure. So it's almost the more acceptable thing to do because it's consensual on both sides. The girls get to stay chaste. The boys get to have their things. It all makes sense, doesn't it? It all works out. Hmm. Okay. And for anyone who's possibly offended by that, I don't think it's okay for 15-year-old boys to be having sex with 34-year-old women. It was a joke. It was a joke. So, But, but it, it makes you think about society and the expectations they put on young people. Well, maybe that's all this episode was, was just Joss like living out a semi-young boy fantasy while still making a little bit of commentary on it. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. I had a teacher I had a crush on in junior high. Do you remember what she looked like? I just remember thinking she was very attractive. Mm-hmm. She was a like she was based she was a grown up teen cheerleader. Oh. She was the cheerleading coach. She knew she she'd been cheerleading her entire life. Got her teaching degree somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, she was just an adult cheerleader. She wore skirts and stuff to school. So like. She's she was hot. fit and she was fr- fit friendly. And... I'm sure outgoing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those all seem like attractive attributes. It's natural. <clears throat> Now, the really the last thing I'd like to talk about mm-hmm. is uh, at the end of this episode, we get the impression that Buffy is starting to fall for Angel. Mm-hmm. My question is, why? What did he do? He looked sexy and acted mysterious, and that is it and mysterious but also like unattainable kind of asshole ish you know like it sucks that that's the type but yeah he's not even being nice like from the get-go she's like well who said i wanted any friends or something like that and he's like i didn't say i was yours so like how that's like not even nice the I asked the question because he didn't even do anything different in this in this episode than he had been doing the first over the first two episodes. He wasn't in episode three. Like he he uh, said something mysterious and dark, mm-hmm. sent her on her mission, didn't help her. Mm-hmm. The only thing he did different was give her his jacket. And she saw how buff he was. Those were the two things. Like, that's really, that's the catalyst for her to be like, oh, God, I'm starting to get butterflies. (laughs) Now, the adult in me is like, come on, Buffy, have higher standards than that. And the part of me that remembers being a teenager is like, yeah, that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. He gave me his jacket and he's gorgeous. Yeah. That's really all it takes, isn't it? Well, you know, I think I wasn't... I mean, yes, I'm sure I had standards, but as soon as I knew a boy was interested, I was like, sure, I'll give it a go. Yeah, maybe, you know, unless it was, like, appalling. So I feel like I was similar to, like, girls have hormones, too. We're interested in what the opposite sex is like inside a relationship, you know, so... Yeah, you're like, okay, why not? Yeah, oh, that's nice. I like being liked. That's cool that someone's attracted to me. 
it's always a good feeling. Yeah, it's it's very like <clears throat> sounds egotistical, but someone having interest in you is very attractive. Well, yeah, and I guess it should be because you need to have someone interested in taking care of you and vice versa, right? Like that's what we're built to do is take care of each other. It's hard to take care of someone that bores you. I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. But you'd have to be able to put up with boring. <laughs> that's true. Is there anything? Okay, I mean, like. No. That's I... it for the episode. At the end, we see eggs in the, in the science room closet, but nothing ever comes of that. Are you? Are we pretty sure nothing ever comes I'm, of that? I'm positive. Okay, so. <clears throat> it was fine. I mean, I guess it's. At this point, Joss couldn't have known how long the show was going to last. So he's like, I'm going to leave little things that I can pick up later if I want to, if this goes on for long enough. That would be wise, yeah. That's what I think happened, and they just never picked up on it. Yeah, they had plenty of other material to work with. They didn't need to go back to the stupid she-mantis thing. <laughs> they got the I just don't think it was... Back. One of my big things is... Good bad guys. She Mantis is not a good bad guy. Yeah. The better the bad guy, the better the hero. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, again, I don't think it was about the villain in this one. I think it was really just about a commentary on boyhood fantasy, you know? Yeah. So this episode's all about Xander, huh? Mm-hmm. Joss through Xander. I I wonder how much Xander mirrors what Joss was like when he was a young laddie. That's interesting to think about. All right. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, I got nothing else. I think uh, we might wrap it up there, folks. It sounds good to me. Oh, I just want to remind everyone before I go, we do have an email address. John has an email address That's that is I'll, for both of us. I will read it and I'll tell her about it, but I'll probably be answering. Um, hellmouthhellears at gmail.com. Hellmouthhellears at gmail.com. Um, yeah, nothing else in this episode. Uh, just like we're going to go out with a whimper, just like this episode did. <laughs> uh yeah not one of the better ones i hope the next one is better yes looking forward to the next one all right bye see ya everybody